You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. My name is Big Show, served up hot and fresh here on the fancy Sparky Pfeiffer, along with former Packer and Badger running back Gary Ellerson, Venture the Lambeau Leap, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalist Leroy Butler. I'm Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, broadcasting live from the Gene Wagner Plumbing Studios. For all your plumbing needs, check them out at GeneWagnerPlumbing.com. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, friend of the show, Andrew Brandt, former Packer CFO, and of course now Business of Sports Podcast. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, happy to be with you guys. I, I guess first things first, I mean, in the first hour of the show, we talked about, do you understand now why Colin Kaepernick knelt? Maybe you didn't understand it before, but now do you understand it better now? Do you think the NFL understands it better now than maybe they did then? Yeah, I mean, it's a great question, and I think people that listened kind of understood it all along. He was, the only time he really spoke about what he did was at the very beginning which was after a preseason game in August of whatever that year was, 2016 maybe. And he just talked about police brutality and unequal treatment uh, for minorities when it comes to law enforcement. It was right there. I mean, the soundbite was always there. But then, as we know so well, it got conflated with military and specifically the flag and the anthem. And as I talked about on Twitter today, I mean, I I feel some complicity myself because doing my spots for ESPN, doing my columns for Sports Illustrated, I would kind of phrase things and they would say, well, let's just call it anthem protests. Let's call this segment or this column or the title. And I would kind of say, well, it's not really what it's about. And then I'd kind of give in, okay, anthem protests, you know. But no, it was never that. And... I think what happened with NFL owners is they kind of listened to their fans, and their fans had conflated it. Therefore, it became bad business for the NFL. And the NFL kind of listened to this majority, I think, that was saying, yeah, let's keep politics out of our game. And that's why he's been treated so poorly by the league. Isn't it just, I mean... It's almost deja vu that we circle back, and then this is where we are now with the with the killing of George Floyd. We see that, and now I guess we can plainly see what Colin was talking about. You know, you know those three, four, five years ago, and I just wonder when you look at that, will the NFL circle back? Because I think you, I think you tweeted too, 
that the whole workout was a sham, that they really weren't going to sign him? I mean, do they circle back and try to reach out to Colin after this? Well, again, a couple words on that workout, because that was, in my mind, you know, I, like you guys, have been around the NFL a long time, and I had never, ever, ever seen the league set up an individual workout. The league sets up combine workouts, you know, for hundreds of players. It sets up all kinds of, uh, you know, when combine types, the teams, teams have workouts for individual players. And at the Packers, we'd bring a few guys in every Tuesday or we'd bring guys in the offseason, et cetera. This was the league. It was, you know, it just was so unique. And, of course, it got muddled, and then, you know, the the argument over the waiver and the argument over the camera crew, and then it went to a high school field, and only eight, I believe, or seven of the 20-something teams that showed up to see him in, in the Atlanta Falcons facility could be bothered to go over to some high school field, which is even closer to the airport. Just a mess, which tells me there was a lot of cover your you-know-what in that workout where they could say, hey, if you 32 teams don't sign this guy, it's not on us anymore. You know, we did this. We set this up. We gave him a unique opportunity. So I just thought, like, what the heck is this? And, of course, it didn't work, and I think it – set Colin Kaepernick back, no fault of his own, maybe a little fault of his own, for making them do it on his terms rather than theirs. But listen, I knew then, and frankly I knew before, I wrote about it in 2018, no one was going to sign this guy. And and I, I think a simple fact is that you want a backup quarterback who's just anonymous and quiet. You don't want attention on that position, especially that kind of attention. Yeah. Um, it's, it's To me, one thing I'm glad about, Andrew, this is what I'm glad about. I'm glad we can get away from the military part of it. That yeah. really ate at me. I mean, I take Metamucil all the time, but it just bothered me because we all love the military. I have two brothers yeah. in the military. So I'm glad that that is gone now. So now we can focus on this. What about all these programs that we saw they were supposed to be putting money into these communities and doing all these things? Because Gary's godson and a good friend of mine, my, well, we say nephew, but he's really Gary's godson, Kenny Stills and some of these guys, they separated, Andrew. They separated. Yeah. They didn't agree on some of this stuff. I just don't see some of these uh, programs they were supposed to be donating money and doing all these things. Maybe they are. I just haven't seen it. And maybe that's the reason why it's been a bigger deal now with the NFL getting involved, releasing a statement. Did, did you read their statement, by the way, Andrew? Yeah. Let, let me Tell just me say what you the thought about the statement. Leroy, that, yeah. And I know Kenny Stills, and he's reached out to me on, on Twitter, direct message a couple times about all this stuff. He's... You know, he is part of a coalition, or not part of the coalition, that was led by Anquan Bolden and Malcolm Jenkins yes. and others. Yes. That Kenny Stills and Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed and Russell Okung and that group said, right. we're not part of that. And they looked at that as a real co-opting with the NFL and sort of jumping in so the NFL could feel good about these causes. 
let's just first of all let's not make light of that what what Malcolm Jenkins and them are doing because you know they've had meetings with DAs uh I know Malcolm and Chris Long went to the Pennsylvania State Capitol to talk about incarceration reform they've done some good things but there is a feeling among some players, as you mentioned, like Kenny, that they just are doing whatever the owners, you know, sort of light, light stuff rather than hard stuff like we're dealing with right now. And I think the statement was, again, one of those mealy-mouthed statements. <laughs> and I don't put the NFL solo in that category, Leroy. I just see so many of these statements like – yeah, we support inclusion. I'm like, come on. I mean, that's just right. Everyone, everyone doesn't like violence. Everyone doesn't like racism. I mean, Looting. No one I got. That stuff, man. I just can't read some of these statements because a, I think a lot of them are written by PR people, not by their themselves. And b, you know, it's kind of like the thoughts and prayers when something happens. Like that doesn't mean anything anymore. Talking with Andrew Brandt here on the Wendy's Big Show. You know, we see uh, a lot of professional athletes getting out and getting in the middle of this. We've seen uh, NBA players uh, out and involved in this uh, over the last uh, few days. Enos Cantor uh, was involved, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, pictures of J.R. Smith, he, he was involved. Bron James was on a bike riding through L.A. for whatever the reason, uh, pictures of that. How big of a role do you think these pro athletes can play uh, in tr- in trying to help with all of this? Yeah, that's a great question. And this is where I think football players are at a loss compared to basketball and baseball simply because of the guaranteed contract thing, contract thing and the fact there are a lot less players. You know, LeBron James and people like that, you know, they can do whatever they want. The team's not going to have they're not going to have any job security issues. Exactly. Um, I frankly have had players reach out to me because I'm kind of an independent voice and say, you know, I'd like to do something here, not just to, not just this week, but in the past. And but you know, I'm a I'm so replaceable, and teams can just you know find another linebacker, find another fifth fifth linebacker or fourth safety or sixth receiver, like, I can't do that. Like, I just can't. And I'm like, you got to be true to yourself, but I understand your business concerns. I mean, these are the kind of things that athletes think about all the time. And, yeah, it's great that LeBron and others can be as bold as they can, but, of course, you know, they're not worried, and they shouldn't be worried. But I find this a really interesting time with sports where you mentioned Kaepernick, a lot of athletes see what happened to him, and they're scared to speak out. You know, um, what's your thoughts on, I guess it's not the Rooney rule anymore, but the new rule they're putting in place to try and hire more African-American coaches or maybe get more African-Americans in, in the front office? I, I just tell you this. I'm torn about it. I mean, I, I, I don't want to be, as an African-American, I don't want to be given a job to try to meet a quota and then I go into the meeting room Andrew and I have no say so I'm just sitting there I mean I got nothing but then on the other hand I feel like though it's an opportunity maybe I can make them like me I mean I 
I, I'm just so torn with it. We need opportunities as African-Americans, but I don't want to be that that token black guy. Yeah. I mean, listen, I, I was on a panel at the Super Bowl with Tony Dungy. There, there was, we really got deep in this because I think, you know, all the ideas are good. Um, the problem with the Rooney Rule in these things is you just take a snapshot, right? So... Uh, the snapshot in March of 2020, you only have three head coaches and two general managers of color, and you say that stinks. But what's really going on behind it? Like, are there? What are the assistant coaches? What are the position coaches? What are the quality control coaches? What are the scouts? What are the the salary cap people like I did? What are the executives? What are the finance, the PR people? And so I think the new rules are going towards more inclusion of all those levels. The thing that got the attention, which I think the NFL just floated out there as a trial balloon, see how people reacted, people reacted negatively, was this incentivized program. You hire minorities in these positions, you get improvement in draft round, you know, and people are like, I don't want, I don't want people to hire me because I get a higher draft pick. But the NFL just kind of threw it out there, and I think it was kind of, we'll see. And, of course, it didn't pass. They didn't even take a vote. But the NFL is trying. I just continue to say you got to go grassroots. You can't just focus on the top. Right. And uh, why wouldn't it feel right if I didn't ask you about the, the draft? I mean, we got to get some football in here, crowbar this thing in here. Now, this was getting on my nerves. A lot of media people claim that they felt like the Packers are lying to them because they said, you know, as far as drafting Jordan Love. Oh, he was the best guy on the board. And I tweeted out, listen, to all the people that are bothered by this particular pick, just get over it. It ain't, whether you don't like the fact that for 25 years you said this was the best receiving core, why didn't you choose one? It just seemed like they're mad with the Packers because they were wrong about what they value these receivers and the package didn't take any receivers. Yeah. So maybe they just believe that Jordan Love fit for what they wanted to do. Yeah, I mean, I talked about this a lot that week. It was just to me, everyone's comparing it. With Aaron, you know, we took the best player on the board. We didn't want to take a quarterback going in. Of course not, you know, but at some point you have to evolve. You have to prepare for the future. In that case, you know, we took Aaron, we had the Lambeau Field party below us, a thousand people. You could hear the booze roar up from the floor <laughs> below us. And Brett called the coach, Mike Sherman, Brett's agent, Bus called me. Aaron put on a good face. He couldn't have been happy coming to Green Bay, not playing. And, and then for three years, you manage it. You know, I'm managing Brett's, Brett's side, which is hey, Andrew, it's not great coming to work every day, sitting with your replacement. And then I'm managing Aaron's side, which is saying, is he ever going to play? Is he ever going to play? And it's like you can't win. You're just trying to keep everyone calm. And then now they're going to have to deal with that. But I think the biggest point that comes out of this draft pick, which Aaron is so honest and, and, and thoughtful when he addressed it last couple of weeks ago, is that we've got an expiration date on Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. Like, yep, the a month ago, you're like, yeah, I mean, he'll just play till his arm falls off or he quits with the Packers. Mm -hmm. 
And now you're like, no, that cannot happen. Because as a first-round quarterback, you got to play. you got to play. And whether it's in two years or three years, he's going to play. And Aaron Rodgers doesn't want to quit in two or three years. So you've got a separation coming. And I think that's what we just got to get our arms around. And the hope is these Packer fans, like, like us, that have been spoiled with 30 years of franchise quarterback – the hope is it goes to 45 years of franchise quarterback, and that's the plan. I, I see you wrote an article here here in Sports Illustrated says comparing Brett Favre to Michael Jordan, uh, backlash to proposed ruling rule expansion. So we talked a little bit about that. But you said here, what is it like when one superstar is seen as more important than the team? Was it like yeah, that? When, I, when I watched the last dance and everybody's busting on Jerry Krause, and by the way, you know, I got <laughs> to deal with him. I worked for David Falk at the beginning of my career, and he represented Jordan. I mean, everyone's busting on Krause for saying, you know, it's not just one player, it's a team. And, of course, people are laughing because it's Michael Jordan. And, and I said to myself, you know, that is, that's sports management. You know, every front office guy, I was one of them. You don't want everyone focusing on your star. You like, you know, coaches, like, don't people realize we're putting schemes out there? And management is like, don't people realize we're molding a team? And scouting is like, don't people realize we found these gems in the fifth round and this guy and that guy? It's not just Brett. And PR is like, hey, you writers, can you do more about players besides Brett? So I saw it for 10 years, and I'm sure it goes on there with Aaron. It's like you want people to realize it's a team sport. So I don't, I don't begrudge Jerry Krause for constantly saying team, 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 because that's what you want in team sports. You don't go into it thinking, I'm going to get a star and then throw the ball out and sit back. He is Andrew Brett. Check out his great podcast, Business of Sports Podcast. Of course, former Packers CFO. Andrew, thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure, guys. You bet you. Take care. There he is, Andrew Brandt on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion now grown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.